Are you a mom in business suffering from the busyness of life? Keep listening because this is for you. I'm your host, Stacey Crown, a mama of three, a happily married wife with several thriving businesses. I'm right there in the thick of it with you, sister. Juggling it all can be so overwhelming and even depleting at times. Over the last nine years of my mompreneur journey, I've learned the hard way of what to do and what not to do when it comes to mom life and business, and I can't wait to share with you. Hustle culture actually broke me, but I'm so thankful that God was there to put me back together. This podcast is going to revive you spiritually, mend you mentally, and speak to you emotionally. We're going to talk all things faith, business, and mom life. So grab your coffee, buckle up, turn it up, and let's go. Hey, welcome back to the She Is Called podcast. I'm so excited that you're here for episode 18. We're almost to 20, and I'm so excited to chat with you today. So if you're on the She Is Called community page on Facebook, you'll notice that I kind of did a Q&A, like drop a topic that you're struggling with in this moment, in this season of life, and let's chat about it. I need some new podcast ideas. And so the page blew up. I loved it such good topics. And so today I really just wanted to take some time to go over some of those things. So some of them were faith-based, some of them were business-based, and then some of them were motherhood because this community that I have going, this community of women, it's like 250 plus women. It's women who are moms, women who are stay-at-home moms, work-at-home moms, who work full-time jobs, who have businesses, have side hustles, who have brick and mortars. I mean, we're all from different walks of life. All of our lives look very different, yet we have similarities and we can relate to each other. So if you're not on the She Is Called page, go to the show notes right now, click the page and add yourself in. But I love this community simply because we can relate to each other and it's full of encouragement and motivation. And my own Facebook page, my personal Facebook page is a lot of my family, a lot of like events that we go to or pictures of kiddos or funny stories. This page is where I can really pour into it's what it's my main focus of loving and encouraging and supporting other women. So if that is something that you need in your life, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to be in this woman's world. I need to be in her community's world. Then add yourself because every single person needs it. But Today, we're going to talk a little bit about motherhood and the questions that relate to that. So someone asked or wanted the topic to be discussed about being social and having a community as a mom and small business owner. So one of the things I can tell you, and this was my friend Nina, who owns a really yummy sugar cookie business. So she's like a product-based business when she probably spends a lot of time in the kitchen, but then she also has her daughter. And you know, oftentimes when you have this, you know, thriving business out of nowhere or this this business that you're trying to get up off the ground and you're also trying to spend time with your kiddo and you're also trying to be a good wife and you're also trying to do all these things, we get lost in the whole like social part, right? And that social, being social is actually part of self-care. That's one of the seven um, categories of self-care. I don't know if you guys knew that, but Emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, financial, professional, and 
and being social is those are the seven different areas of self-care. I learned that through therapy a long time ago. And I realized a long time ago that like I needed to get social again. I needed to start doing things that were outside of my house that felt really good to fill me up that I could talk to other adults because most days I'm literally sitting here talking to a five, three and eight year old, which like my eight year old now is like talking to my best friend. So that feels really good. But most days for a really long time, it was like me disciplining, me loving, me wiping butts. Like you just get stuck in mom mode and then it's business mode and you're talking to clients and you're talking to, you know, customers and you're, you're communing and, and you're not, you're doing things for business. Right. But then it's like this, but when can I just relax and like, let my guard down, maybe have a drink, spicy margarita with my girlfriends or go out for coffee or go out for breakfast. And so here's where I want to encourage you, Nina. So I'm sure you're not the only person that deals with this. I'm sure you're not the only person that struggles with this. One, you can find some really amazing networking groups, especially in our area. If you're in local to Metro Detroit, there's so many good women networking groups. I actually know three people who run these groups who I'm very close with. So my friend Cindy, she runs a two actually really amazing, thriving networking groups for business owners. My friend Lauren and personal client, she runs MIB, which is Mothers in Business, Metro Detroit, or no, Macomb. And that's amazing. They get together once a month. And then my friend Jessica runs one just for business owners. So you, I think it's it's all women business owners. Yeah, Metro Detroit. Oh, and then my friend Melissa, she runs um, the Michigan business owners one. And so I know like four four networking events that you can literally buy a ticket to, whether they range from $5 to 30 or whatever it is, find one that works for your date, get to it, talk about your business, hand out some cards, get some more followers on Instagram, commune, chat. And honestly, I'll be, I'll be really honest with you guys. This is where I meet a lot of people who need me in their life, who don't even know that they need a life or business coach yet. They're like, holy cow, I'm so glad that I met you. And I've met some of my amazing clients. I've collaborated with women who are business owners as well. So get to a networking event that will totally help your social side and your business. The next thing is call a friend, whether it's a friend from childhood, a friend from college, high school, whatever it is, get together for a play date or, you know, set up a girl's night out where you can go out to dinner and you can just be because, Honestly, that is when I feel most Stacy, like most alive. Like I love, I love being a mother. I love being a wife. I love serving others. I love pouring into others. But you know what I love more? I love pouring into myself. And sometimes that does involve a margarita as well as my best friends, as well as doing my hair and my makeup and feeling good and getting out. And honestly, like that feels really good for me. And then other days it's me hosting a Bible study and being with other moms, like get involved in church, get involved in your area, get involved in the things that you want to look in your church and see what kind of groups like at my church. I go to heritage church in Sterling Heights. Please come give me a hug. Give me a high five, bring your kids, great childhood center. Like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. But it's like I lead a Bible study because I needed one, I couldn't find a time when 
I could go to one. And so I was like, well, I'll just leave one at my house. And now I have like seven other women who are amazing, who have kids my age and we get together and we just, it feels good to be around other women who just get you. So those are a few ideas about being social, but honestly making time for yourself. I remember last August I did a self-care I ran a self-care group and that was one of my goals for the month was to be social. So every single week I would be social. I would set up a date. I would set up um, something in my calendar where I had to actually get out of the house and go alone. And for instance, like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You could go walk. My girlfriend Heather and I, we go walk at the track behind my house or like last week, I, she was like, can you walk tonight? And I was like, I can't walk tonight, but I do have to run some errands. Do you want to come with me? And it felt like I was in high school again. And we went to Aldi and we went to Target and we just talked and we chatted and we vented and we just felt so good. And you're like, you leave elevated and you leave feeling really good. Like find a friend who lives near you that you can do that. And if you don't have a friend that's near you, then jump on in my inbox and I'll be that friend, girlfriend. Um, <clears throat> okay. Moving on. Melissa said why it is so important to let kids be kids. She said, I read an article once that it's their day too. So when they're being loud and disrupting your day, not to forget it's their day too. And then Ruth piggybacked and she said, wow, I really haven't actually thought about that before. What a good point. It is their, it is their day too. This is why I love summer, honestly, because summer for us is... It was like a blank slate. All of summer was. And every single week, going into every single week, it is a blank slate. We've swam in so many different pools and different lakes this summer. We've hung out with so many friends this summer. We have had such a good summer. But I think what this is meaning, and Melissa, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that what she means by this is like, when they're being loud, like maybe when you're trying to get like work done and they're being loud, they're being disruptive, they're being crazy. And that's honestly when I just have to be with them. I have to like put away whatever I'm doing, whether it's laundry and they keep messing up my piles or if it's baking, it's like, and I, and I just want to get cooking done or whatever done first. Like it reminds me of watermelon cutting. This is a funny story, but like literally I I love to cut watermelon. I have a good friend who loves to cut watermelon too, Carol. She's my babysitter and I just love her. But she and I, like, or I will say that, like, my son Jameson loves to cut watermelon. But I can't cut a watermelon now without him. And sometimes I just want to cut the watermelon. You know what I mean? And it's like, I have to remind myself, like, this is something that he enjoys. Yes, it is freaking messy as all get out. But it's okay because he's going to remember that like mom didn't freak out on him. Mom gave me a butter knife and she let me cut watermelon too. And then we ate it together and we laughed and giggled. But you know how many times that I like pushed him out of the kitchen and like, I'm not proud of those moments, but you know how many times I was like, no, Jameson, you can't cut watermelon right now. I'm trying to do it. I find myself and I catch myself in those moments and I really just have to bring myself back to, okay, it's about them right now. Like everything I feel like that I do is a learning lesson for my kids. And it's also a learning lesson for myself. The relationship I have with my kids is very much like mom is not perfect. 
I'm still a human. Uh, Mom needs timeouts too. And I fully recognize too that like sometimes my kids just need me. Right? Like sometimes, like tonight we were playing outside. I went to the store after dinner and then I came home. I pulled up and Ireland was outside playing with chalk. And so I just sat with her for a little bit and we chalked together. And it's like, how often, you know, do I not do that because I have something else to do, right? So like being present in those moments, that's when I just put my phone up and I'm like, it can wait. If something happens, like they'll call Stefan. If I'm needed, I'll figure it out later. If I need a, you know, if my client needs help or, and that's why I love working with mothers because like they understand it. And you know, our kids just need to know that like we love and care for them. There are moments too when like you're getting out of the house and like, for instance, like Jameson wants to put his seatbelt on and we're 10 minutes late for church or we're 10 minutes late for our doctor's appointment or whatever. And I'm like, dude, just let me buckle you. And the other moments I'm like, go ahead, buddy. We got all day. You know what I mean? But like his face when he buckles his seatbelt, oh my God, he's so proud of himself. So my best advice to you when you're struggling with understanding that it's your kid's day too, is that it is, right? If you died tomorrow, and this is like morbid, but I often think like, what is the legacy that I'm leaving, right? And a client of mine who just went through CEO Mama actually, and she jumped into one-on-one with me in Voxer, one-on-one coaching. I absolutely love her. She reminded me last week, she's like, you taught me, she goes, for the longest time I was taught that like legacy is all about like the money you're leaving your kids and the legacy of like putting them through college and what are you going to leave them? And I was like, I, legacy to me is the memories and the feeling that my kids had and the love that we had for each other. That's the legacy I want to leave. I also want to leave them, you know, a pretty penny that they can do whatever they want with or whatever. That's part of the legacy I want to leave too. But the bigger part of my legacy is like, I want to have their heart filled with a ton of memories of mom, loving, caring, encouraging, supporting, cheering them on, praising them, disciplining when needed, and really just like a warm hug. I just want to leave my family with that. I want to leave every single person like that who meets me. But that is the legacy building that when you really think about like, what are they going to think back? What are they going to look back on of like what their favorite part of the summer was, right? Think about that. How can I make their day today? And discuss it. Sit down and have a conversation. If your kids are school age kids, like sit down and discuss it. Like, hey, mommy really wants to make intentional time with you. How can we do that for the rest of the summer? What is one thing we could do each day? Like I've seen people print off bucket lists. I've seen, look, it is not too late. It is, it's only, it's only July. It's mid-July. And I know that some people are in the South or in, on the West side of the you know country and go back to school in three weeks. But like our kids have until after Labor Day. So like I plan on spending the rest of our days getting dirty, getting muddy, going on the slide and playing on the fort outside and finding frogs and all the things because I realized that like, and and then, you know what? No shame in this, but there's some days where my kids are like on the iPads all day and they are perfectly fine with it. Not all day, but like 
there's chunks of time when I need, you know, an hour here or two hours there where I have meetings or I have clients or I have um, work to do. I have emails or podcasts to record or whatever it is. And I'm recording this, you guys, and it's 9, 12 at night. So, like, don't get me wrong. There's nights and days where I'm recording and it's late at night or it's early in the morning or whatever. But there's times when, or even like on just rainy days, you know, like go jump in puddles or there's, there's days when I do need, it's so hot out. Like sometimes it's a hundred degrees out and the kids are just tired, right? We put on movies, we have popcorn. So just remember that it's their day too. And that I want you to think about when you go to bed at night, talk about what was your favorite part of today? Like maybe that is something you could do. And that's a little action step that you can do with your kids every single day. That's something that I say either at our dinner table or like say we're driving home from somewhere. I always say, what was your favorite part of that? And just asking them, what was your favorite part of today? What was your favorite part of the summer? What was your favorite part of this year? Whatever. Reflecting and, and evaluating all of those things, like that gets to know your kids real well, right? So, okay, moving on. There's one more that I wanted to get to because it was so good today or it was so good the other day. And I was like, oh, I can definitely preach on this. I remember what it was. Let me pull it up. Okay. Let me see if this is the last one. Okay. Okay. My friend Kara goes, how to be okay with the mess, (laughs) which I love. She said, like children and home in order and to be present. Okay. Which is funny because then my friend Ashley said, I love these. And she goes, I can feel you on the mess. And I was like, I can preach on this. So, okay. Here's my best advice for anyone who's just like, the best way I can describe this is like, you're sitting home midday. You've cleaned up all the things 1200 times, right? Like my husband's always like, why are you like cleaning up everything? I'm like, cause clutter sets me off. Like clutter makes messes make my anxiety just like, so here's what I will tell you. One, go through a declutter, like go through your, for me, here's the three rooms that I like to keep clean. My dining room, because it's the first room you see when you like turn your head to the right, when you walk in the house, the living room, right? But the living room is where most of our life is happening. It is where our toys are. It is where the TV is. It's where our couch is that we cuddle on. It's where all these things are that like we do life in. That's why they call it the living room, right? Like they don't call it the clean room, the cleaning room. Like they don't call it that. So like stop feeling like you have to have a living room that's clean all the time. And then it's the kitchen, right? Right next to the dining room is the kitchen. And that is my zone. If my kitchen is clean, you guys, I feel like a million dollars. If my counters are wiped down, at the end of the night and like there's minimal clutter. We have like one little corner of clutter where like the iPads are, the bills are, the pen, like just things, right? And so here's my best advice to you. And this is, these are conversations that I've had to have many, many times in my head. What can I control and what rooms can I not control? Honestly, if the room has a door, I close it. Ireland's room, closed 100% of the time because that girl is filth. Boys' room, pretty good because we don't even live in that room. The boys sleep upstairs right now. And so, like in our room. And so I close that door. Like if the door, if it's messy, I just close it. Basement, pff, nobody's down there and it's a mess. 
bathroom I try to keep clean because we got two boys who are five and three and who potty and they're just gross. But the three rooms I can control, the two really that I can control is the dining room. You'll never walk in my house and see the dining room like all awry. It's always ready for like when if someone was to walk in, I'm like, okay, huh. Is like if somebody was to come in my house, I'm like, okay, cool. These three rooms need to be done. But the kitchen is my zone. The kitchen is the one thing I can control. I can control if there's dishes in the sink. I can control if the dishwasher is dirty or clean. I can control if the countertops are cleaned off, if the stainless steel looks good, and if the pantry looks half decent, which I just redid my pantry. And then the one room that I give myself grace for, but I will also tell you that I never leave the house without things being in order. And maybe that's like the control freak in me, but I personally really love walking into a clean home, like, or at least to appear like it's clean. I really love walking in and like seeing everything in its place in my living room. You know, the blankets where they need to go, the pillows where they need to go. My office is off in the corner. If you've been in my house, you're probably imagining this, you know, the blankets, the other blankets on like the, the blanket ladder and then like the toys, as long as I can't see them all over the floor and they're just like over in the toy area. I don't care if they're organized. I don't care if they're in the right bins. Like, just shove them all in there. And that's how I go to, like, that's literally when we leave during the day. Like, say we have a doctor's appointment or a play date or whatever. We usually leave with the house looking pretty good. Which is how I often, like, can maintain. Like, my mom will walk in on, like, say a random Wednesday. And she'll be like, what? Your house is so clean all the time. I'm like, well, go in Ireland's room. Go in our room. Whatever. But... It's because I maintain those three rooms all the time because that's what I can control, right? I can't control the laundry all the time. I can't control the bathrooms all the time. I can't control all the things. I can't control the garage. Sure as heck can't control the garage, especially in the summer. My husband gets mad at me about that, but I'm like, hey, I got to clean my living room right now. You can't clean the garage. So that's my best advice to you is pick your zone that you can control. Mine is the kitchen, and it makes my heart really happy when I have a mess in the kitchen, but I clean that mess, my anxiety like goes from a 10 to like a two. And then the living room, literally most nights, unless I'm freaking exhausted and I'm in a part of my cycle, the luteal phase where like, I literally just need to like go to bed. The living room every single night, we do like a 10 minute pick me up. I usually do it or whoever doesn't put the kids to bed usually does it. But It's like a 10 minute pick me up where we just pick up all the toys. We fold all the blankets. Whoever goes to bed last does this, lock the doors, go to bed. But that in itself, you guys will literally help you feel so much better about your home. So before you go to bed, just check those little things out and maybe have your kids help you. I mean, that's a really great thing too. You know what I mean? Like, but that gives me so much grace because that's how I'm okay with the mess. I'm also okay with my kids making a mess because I know that they're kids. Tonight we just made pudding and it was like Jameson got the chocolate pudding powder like all the way down the counter because we were sitting on the counter. The boys like to sit on the counter and cook with me or bake with me. And he got the powder all over and I was just like, oh boy, you know what I mean? But it's like, that's what they're here for. They're not here to be clean. Like kids are gross. They're here to be, they're here to make messes. They're here to make memories. Like that's just what they do. 
I've never met a clean kid. Like someone, and then Colton ate the pudding and he just has it all over his face and all over his body. And I just bathed him. So I kind of had a moment. And that's, that's just a moment, right? And he won't remember it. It's not big, you know, but I hope, I hope that those three things, those three topics that we chatted on just help you feel a little more normal. I hope that you're listening to this and you're like, I feel seen. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel felt. My feelings are validated. You guys, motherhood is tough. I often wonder if motherhood in the 90s was any better. We've been watching Home Improvement. I'm just like, Jill, oh, you're so funny and you're so witty to your husband and you're just, you're such a good mom and like you work and like all these things, right? And motherhood in the 90s didn't have all the distractions of today or the comparison where you literally can, you know, open up whoever it is that you follow online, who you compare yourself to, or just opening your reels tab and just seeing all the things like motherhood in the nineties. Ugh, take me back. Give me some stretchy pants, some biker shorts, a scrunchie, a phone that is hooked to the house. It's right on the wall and it has a cord. And when I hang up, I don't have to be bothered. And don't get me wrong, you guys, I love living in the times that we do, but don't you just wish you could get in the car from back to the future and go back to the past? All right. I love you guys. And if you're not on the She Is Called page, go jump on it because you may just get in on the next little Q&A podcast batching, episode batching that I have. And if you had questions or you had topics on there that I haven't discussed yet, they will be discussed just on a later date. I love you guys. I want to remind you that you're killing it. You're amazing. And go send this to someone who needs it because I feel like every single mom and every single friend who's a mom needs to just feel seen heard, felt, and know that she's amazing and that her butt looks good. You know what I mean? In those leggings you're wearing right now, maybe the pajama pants, or if you're like a real overachiever, you've got real jeans on and you go girl. All right, you guys until next time. Hey, wow, what a good episode. I would absolutely love if you shared with a friend or maybe even just tag me on Instagram at the Stacy Crown in your story so I can hear any of your aha moments or takeaways from this episode. If you're feeling called, I would absolutely love if you left me a review right here on Apple or Spotify, whichever one you're listening on. And lastly, would love to invite you into the space that I have made for women who want more and who just are called for more in life right on Facebook. It's called the She Is Called Community. You can find it right in the show notes. Thanks again so much for being a part of the She Is Called podcast. This all started as a little dream and now we're here. Talk soon.